Hey, I'm Kat Lasso. I'm Xavier Jernigan. And I'm Speedy Mormon. And together we're the hosts of Spotify's new morning show, The Get Up. Every day we're bringing you the biggest news stories and pop culture headlines. Ooh, and the conversations you need to be in on. Okay. Don't worry, if you're not a morning person, we're doing the work for you. So just search The Get Up, hit play, and listen up for everything you need to know. With a playlist made just for you. Listen now for free, only on Spotify. Hello and welcome to another episode of Classic Black Dude with your host Clark Jones, aka Clark Strickland. We've got a great guest today, um, but before we bring her in, we it's so much things, so many things happening on the daily. For nothing to be happening, everything is happening, and everybody is seeing it. Why? Because we are Quarantino. Um, from from I don't know what New York has a day without a news prescription I mean new uh diagnoses for now um to low comedy stuff with more cancel talk we got Will and Jada we got um even a big news thing that's just happening today with uh, Wayfair um child trafficking but our guest joining me is the very funny very regularly employed I would say <laughs> um, blue check mark Instagram. Uh, Candace Thompson. Hello. Hey. Thanks for having me. Yes. The first time I met Candace was at a show called um, The New Negroes, hosted by Baron Vaughn and, uh, and Open Mike. And uh, <laughs> this, ga- this gave me the insight into her. Uh, I won't know if it's self deprecating, but it is self aware <laughs> because they did a photo shoot. After the show, you know, at comedy shows, they take a picture of each comedian. And when they posted the photos the next day, they posted everybody except Candace. (laughs) They even posted a comedian who did a drop-in. Like, oh, man, we're so happy to have all these comedians do our show yesterday. Candace was was there. I was standing right next to her. I saw her go on stage. But they didn't mention her, and you know, shit, man, women, right? And we get that. Can they get their respect? She was booked on the show, and they didn't mention her, but they didn't forget to mention Hannibal Burris, who did. And he wasn't even gonna go up. He was asking other comedians, yep. "Hey, should I go up?" And we were like, "Yeah, why not?" All right. Yep. And they, I think they put his picture first when they yep. did a recap of the show. Did you say something crazy at the show? Oh, no, I did. Well. <laughs> What did you do? I must ask this of all women who claim to have been shown prejudice. What did you do? Look, let I'm me joking. tell you. <laughs> I claim. Let me, let me, before you answer, let me say I'm just playing. JK, JK. Opens up the show with a gaslight. I love it. I it's love it. It's just I, like, yo, what's your, <laughs> what is your responsibility in them negating you? Like, what did you, yeah. how did you cancel yourself? Yeah, here's the thing, Clark, is that I, you know, I see it on both ends from white people and black people. And it is, you know, for your for your listeners and viewers, I am black. Both of my parents are like just light skinned black people. Okay. And I have so neither one of my parents is white. There's white in our ancestry, of course, but so is Native American. So anyway, I I get discriminated against and I get all types of hate from both sides. White people just because I am black and you know, colorism 
mm. in fighting in black people. So I've been, you know, been uh, hated on, uh, overlooked and just been attacked for no reason my whole entire life. And so mm. not saying this was a personal attack. I mean, it could have <laughs> been, it could have been innocent. I don't know. They could have just accidentally <laughs> forgot. They booked yeah. you and then said, we can't put no white women in our... Can I have no white women? Mark, can I tell you how my light skinnedness has been the bane of my existence? Uh, Aside from the fact that, of course, I acknowledge the privilege that I have from being light skinned, I'm not going to, of course, discount that. But, like, on the, you know, in this whole movement of like white people being allies, I'm getting a lot of shout outs from like white peers that are like, these are some fantastic black women you need to, black comics you need to look out for. And it's Mm. like, Janelle James, Sam J, blah, 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 blah. And I'm always the very last one. I'm always the very last one. And I, and I'm, I guarantee it's because they feel like they can't post me up front because mm-hmm. of how light I am. And they don't also understand that that is, you're playing into white supremacy by doing that. Like, you know I'm black. You know I'm black. Just post me wherever you want to post me. Because I have the papers to back it up. I'm not Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> Dolezal. That's, that's so funny because um, I ain't even gonna say which one did it, but they just released the 28, 28 African-American albums you need to listen to right now. And I can't, it's hard because you can't, knock down any type of um, props you get, because people go, well, I wish I was re- mentioned, you know what I mean? Like, especially, right. and especially comedy, the race thing kind of goes out with comedy because everybody everybody feels the license to be jealous of anybody, right? Absolutely. It's like, well, I wish I got mentioned in Pace Magazine. I'm like, yeah, but I, I sent them my album when I did it, and they didn't, but now 28 black comedians who are in Los East LA who, who drink kombucha that you need to do <laughs> right now. It's just like that. I appreciate the props, but like, just change the way that you look. Don't, don't make it a special edition. It doesn't have to be an extra, like extra curricular activity along your regular agenda. Like just make it, make a part of your agenda. Listen to the albums, decide if what was good about it was, it, it ain't that many comedy albums released on the regular. Right. So if I send you something with comedy dynamics, like just give it a listen. Right. I'm thankful for the eventual props, but then it's gonna look like very much like, okay, because of the pandemic or right. the whole it, it looks like um affirmative action <laughs> props. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want no asterisk next to my next to my shit. I worked hard. <laughs> I know, just put me with everybody else. And we should have been doing this the whole entire time. Yeah, no. Do you take it with a grain of salt or does it really, the colorism thing kind of get to you at all? No, I mean, I, I talk about this on stage. Like I have jokes about like how it really affected my, uh, my childhood for sure. Like it, it still affects me now, but you know, I do, I've learned to brush it off easier and just in my adulthood and just knowing that that's their, that's their baggage, it's not mine. You know, it took me getting older to realize that. But, you know, it's why I'm a comic. I got funny. My sister didn't have the problems I had because she's darker than I am. So mm-hmm. she didn't have her hair get pulled by darker skinned black girls. She didn't have people like questioning what she was her whole entire life, especially black people. And so, 
Yeah, no, I spent a lot of time by myself and I, that's how I got funny. And that's how I started to write jokes was because I was so uncomfortable everywhere I went that I used comedy as a defense you know, mechanism and as a way to break the tension to take away what I felt was a tension that was placed on me because of how I didn't fit in and how weird I was. Where'd you grow up? I grew up, I was born in Queens, lived there for the first almost decade of my life, and then we moved to Cincinnati, Ohio. So like in Queens, everybody looked like me. So that was, I didn't know what race was until we moved to Cincinnati. And that's when the segregation and the what are you questions started happening. So I learned at like around 10. Cincinnati is tough, man. I hate to ever dis, it's only as a comedian I'm saying, I don't need to ever perform there again. (laughs) Where did you perform? I I did an independent show there, uh, put on by a former New York producer, and I got both sides of the racism. Mm. I got the the passive, and I got the very aggressive, all yeah. in one night. Because I did I, mean, a sh- I did a show in Cincinnati, and the lady after me wouldn't. I I like to walk go for a walk after my sets, just to process everything, especially. They didn't know what an Urban Outfitters was. And I was just like, what? I don't, is it me? <laughs> but a lady wouldn't let me go about my business because she had to tell me how she had a black student who was a second grader, who when she taught second grade, and he works at a bank now. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know this man. I don't care. <laughs> this, 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 it was infringing on my right to just mind my own business because she had to get her, cleanse her soul or whatever. Then. We, uh, we were staying in Covington, Kentucky, which is right across the, the water. Oh, yeah, I know. Yes. And this <laughs> is the high school that was had the thing in D.C. with the Native Americans and the protests and all of that. I go to Godfather Pizza, no, Goodfellas Pizza, and a dude comes in, and he like, I'm sitting in line with another comedian and producer. She's at a table. Calls her a bitch. Uh, tells the white comedian I was with, um... He was a, like, what is he, what did he call? Like, he didn't say nigga lover, but it was along those terms. He called me a fake ass Kanye West, which, fair. Um, <laughs> Not even gonna argue with that one. I couldn't, I couldn't even be mad, it was unnecessary. <laughs> he put his hand on my shoulder, and this was like right after one of the major police brutality things, uh, uh, officer let off, so I'm just like, I don't, I can't even call the police in Covington. Yeah. The yeah, cashier no. at Goodfellas, he's not doing anything. Yeah. So I got both sides of it within 20 miles of each other. That sounds like Cincinnati. <laughs> you, and and Cat, you and Cat Williams grew up in a tough, <laughs> tough place. Did you start there? No, I started in L.A. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not start. Um, I, when I, was, I went to college in, uh, since, well, not Cincinnati, but Oxford, Ohio. I went to Miami, Oxford, okay. um, Miami University there, and then... Moved home for a few years to save up money because I knew that I was like, I can't stay here. And I knew that I was funny. So I was like, God gave me a gift. Why, why would I not try to at least parlay that into something that I could survive off of? And uh, so, yeah, I moved to L.A. And I didn't even know that I'd be doing stand up when I first moved to L.A. I knew that I wanted to act and I knew that I wanted to write for television. I knew those two things. Yes. Um, so yeah, I just moved out here and then I kind of met somebody that was a friend of a friend who was in comedy at the time in like Baltimore who was moving out here. We met up and he was like, you're funny, man. You should try stand up. And that's how I got into stand up and yada, yada, yada. Wow. Yeah. Did you, did you go to school for your parents or for you? I kind of, at the 
time wasn't necessarily a free thinker. You know, I knew that I was funny, but I knew that just, you know, follow, do what everyone else is doing. Do what yeah. your parents yeah. did, do what your sister did, my older sister. And so it's like, yeah, I was like, I knew I was funny, but I didn't think I could actually make a career out of it. So I was like, I'll just be a funny person who like it has a degree in dietetics. <laughs> Which is what I <laughs> I know some pharmacists. LeVar Walker, he a damn doctor. It, hilarious. And and one of the funniest, but it's like it's <laughs> weird. We talk about like, you know, generational wealth and, and, and like privilege and all this other shit. Now I love school. I love that I went to school, but I'd be lying if I said part of that wasn't to have a mom who could say, Hey, I raised a boarhouse man. Like that 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 factored into it. I'm sure. It is, it is like and it also is like like you're saying with generational wealth, but just being a black person going through, you know, college, it's like, that is like, we need to have more of that happening. So it's like, it, I didn't, I wouldn't say at the time I felt a social responsibility to do that. Uh, but at, now looking back, like, yeah, no, I wouldn't say it was a mistake that I went to college. I know some artists, some comics are just like, you wasted money, blah, blah, blah. It's nah, like, bro. <laughs> No. Like, first of all, it's a fallback plan. It's plan B if this shit don't work out, like, number one. Also, like, it's the life experience that you get in college that I think is even more valuable on top of the fact that now you have a certificate that you have proven, like, oh, I completed something. I'm proud of myself. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know Black people vacationed, like, as a verb before Morehouse. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know what Cape Cod, Cape Ann, I didn't know what none of that shit was. So, like, that ga- that gives me some, you know, I wish I could Chappelle or Murphy it and be in the clubs at 15. Cool. That would be right. great. But right. not every story ends like that. No, not <laughs> every That's not for everybody. Everybody's journey is completely different, and we need to respect that for sure. Where you at? Where you at with, with stand-up right now? Like, what's your, what do you think is going to happen? Man, uh, I do definitely think it's going to come back. Like, these people that, are th- that think that Zoom is the future of comedy, no. I, I mean, there have been other pandemics, and life carried on. So right. it, I think it's preposterous to think that co- live comedy is dead. It's just going to be weird for a while. Once we open back up, and comedy clubs are starting to open back up, once we open back up, it's just going to be, you know, limited capacity, uh, and we're just going to take it, you know, month by month after that and start getting back to normal. But to say that this is what it is going to be for the rest, that's ridiculous. Like, mm. we can't walk around with masks on and socially distancing and quarantining for the rest. That's ridiculous. Like, this is just a, this is an unfortunate disease that came. People are going to die and that sucks. But that has been happening since the beginning of time. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. don't die. It's literally promised to us. It's, yes, it's, it's wild. No, it's true. It's wild that uh, even looking at the culture and the temperament, the temperature of everything, where you know they're like, "Well, how do you make jokes now with everything?" Especially with the police brutality shit. I'm just right. like, that, that's not new either. Like, did you think Chris Rock, Richard Pryor was just making shit up for material? <laughs> We've like they jokes, yeah. We've been making jokes about this since the beginning of time. Exactly. So, do you do you feel like do you feel like you fall into that line of like, hey, I got something to say about what's going on with black folks, and I'm you consider yourself a voice on that? 
Oh, absolutely. And I feel like I've always uh, been a voice on just race stuff and black and a voice for black people, especially black women. Um, right now, it's, it is a hard adjustment, just like you said, with everything that's going on. There are days where I wake up and I'm like, I'm not feeling funny at all. I need mm. to just chill out and just stay positive today. I will meditate for hours, stay off social media, drink my uh, juices and just cleanse and get whatever. I'll sage myself. I'll go around saging my apartment. I forgot about sage. But, yeah, it, it is real. So there, and I try to be, and I think a lot of us forget to just be, you know, be kind to ourselves during all of this. Like as comics, I know we're so on the grind, like all the time that when this happened, it was like, what, what do I do with this? I'm so like used to hustling, but it's like, we need to take this time and, and remind, remind ourselves that like, it's okay if we're not productive for a day or yeah. a week or a month. Because what is happening right now, honestly, I feel is biblical. Like this shit that's going down right now okay. is crazy. The way that all these things are coming to the surface at the same time. And then, like, <laughs> people out here trying to deny, they're just like, this is crazy. I'm like, nah, this is biblical. This is, this is, this is written. This is already. For sure. And it is. It's literally written. <laughs> Go to the Bible. It's in there. And it's so it's, uh, I, I am just like, I am a voice, but at the same time, I have to re remind myself, like, I didn't sign up to be an activist. I definitely didn't do that. So when I'm on social media doing all my posts and, like, fighting, I'm like, how did I turn into an abolitionist overnight? Like, I <laughs> Frederick Douglass. <laughs> Frederick. Frederick. Frederick Douglass Thompson. We got a lot. my hair over here and just start growing my hair. No, Frederick Douglass <laughs> podcast would have been doing numbers right now. Freddie Doug? Ah. So yeah, it's hard to separate because I feel like some days I'm like, I can't be funny right now. So I'll just do a serious post about Black Lives stuff. And then the next day I feel like, is it okay to post something funny? So it's like trying to juggle that is weird. And I feel guilty sometimes if I want to post something funny and people are like, it's not the time. Yeah. And I'm like, when is the time? Because this, again, this just been going on since the beginning of time. So when is the time if not now? I will say that this had to enter into my own consciousness and, and be w w made aware by talking to different women comics and trans comics that men have, I know I have less of a concern about people coming at me online right. because I just, I just look at the reply sections and it's just like, I know more women who've gotten death threats mm -hmm. over smaller shit mm -hmm. than dudes who said major shit. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, people it sucks too because sometimes as a black dude i feel like i'm being ignored because i have the um i have the i have the the i don't want to say girth i have the uh, legitimacy to talk about certain things because the thing now is like all oh, these white people talking about something they don't know why and i'm like well i know why but that's ignored and right. i'm just like have you ever been came at like in such a strong way like like death threats and like some of these podcast fans do they come at you like that? <clears throat> oh, I did Rogan's podcast in 2018. Oh, wow. So, needless to say, I may be one of the most hated guests that came on that show and I've had other people tell me that just reading the comments. Like even my nephew warned, he was like, "Aunt Candace, be careful because he know and you know these young kids they be all up online and on everything they know what's going yeah. down all the time and so he was like his fans are you know aggressive and i was like oh i know i was like i'm fine trust and uh 
oh yeah, I got, you know, and I didn't go on there and not bring up like race stuff. Like he had had Candace Owens on his podcast like a month before me. The other Candace. Yeah, and that's what I said. I said, oh, I was like, I just find it interesting, Rogan, that you've had two black Candaces on your podcast within a month, except I'm not in the sunken place. <laughs> and then he did all the comments after that and people talking about identity politics and you don't know it and you're dumb and worst guest ever and blah 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 it stirred a, it definitely stirred the pot but um you know how did you feel after you did it like did you feel like you got what you wanted to say out um i wouldn't i would say most of it yes i would say most of it um but if he asked me to come back, I would love to. I would honestly love to go back on with Candace Owens as a guest and let us go at oh, it. Great. <laughs> and not in February, Joe. Do you got to do it in a non-Black History Month? A non- <laughs> I know, because that, that slick shit, that's, it's like a, another fucking little dog whistle. Like, all right, if I have Black guests now, it's because I have to. I'm like, no, just do it, because yes. it's funny. Do it. It's like we don't even... And that's the thing, Clark, and that's what sucks about being a black woman is because not only are black people just, you know, black men in general, black is not even a, a thought in their world a lot of the time. So then, and then you also think that it's a male dominated world. And it's like women are not a thought in their mind at all. So and, and now existing as a black woman in this world, yeah. how, and it's white women that are just as guilty of that shit too. Like, it's not just the, it's just, now I had a white woman uh, running a, uh, a, fest, a, a festival, she was like a producer of a festival, tell somebody that I was not dark enough to put on her flyer. This is very school days, colorism. Yeah. And, and what makes her the authority on that? And this was a white woman. <laughs> this, if, if you're not watching a video of this, Candace just gave us Malcolm X hands <laughs> to make. <laughs> now let me tell you, this, this is the kicker. It was a white woman. That's when, that's when you jazz, it's jazz hands, but it's like <laughs> in a clapping jazz hands motion she's doing right now to express how this Karen, a white woman. My thing is always, if you pronounce the H in white, you really don't like white people. If oh, yeah. you, white, white woman white. has decided. White woman has that decided is, I'm not black enough. Well, you, and you know, that's, that's nothing new. It's, Right. In, in the industry, we're, we're, we're put in boxes all the time and we're getting called in for auditions with these casting directors who are mostly white most of the time telling yeah. us we're not black enough for this role. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. it's like you, how are you telling a black person how to be black and not realizing that that's racist? They are, they are trying to be black enough that white people will be comfortable and excited. Yep. To see it. Yep. So they want to be black enough so that they don't get called racist. They want to put enough the dark the dark black people on, which is again, yes, that needs to happen too. We right. need to have all different types of black people represented because again, we're not a monolith. How many times do we have to keep fucking saying this? But mm -hmm. yeah, like it's it you're you're doing it so that you don't look racist, which is a selfish place. You're not doing this out of you want to help. You're right. doing it out of a selfish place. But it's also like, it seems like <clears throat> even when you, you, you say you're doing it for black people, but you're not listening to it when black people actually say it. Like Nina Simone should be dark-skinned. I'm sorry. Nina, Nina Simone should be. But we said that you didn't listen, but then they saying that it's like it has to be on their terms. 
Absolutely. It has to be whatever they're comfortable with. It's like black, but as long as we're still comfortable. Every time. And All right. Oh, well, that was our first segment. We got to take a quick break here on Classic Black Dude. Man, we, woo, I didn't know. Me and Candace had never had a one-on-one conversation before, so I didn't know what it was going to be. But she's yeah. here. She's funny. We're going to talk about her writing for uh, David Spade and a bunch of other things that's going on right now, uh, right here on Classic Black Dude. Your host, Clark Jones, a.k.a. Posh Strickland. I got Candace Thompson. We're going in. It's JCPenney here, back with our best Cyber Days deals and steals, available now in-store or online. Deck the halls and ring in the savings with 60% off JCPenney home bedding and bath, like flannel sheets or Egyptian cotton towels. Get your kitchen ready to prepare hearty winter meals with a Cook's Granite 10-piece cookware set. Or add some warmth to couch time with a Biddeford Micro Plush Electric Throw. Plus, find stylish tops and sweaters for her from Liz Claiborne Apparel. For him, shop St. John's Bay sweaters and Levi's collection of classic jeans and Sherpa-lined jackets. Find all these deals and more at JCPenney in-store or online. Plus, save even more with an extra 35% off your order. Want it fast? Choose contact-free curbside pickup at checkout. Joy, comfort, peace. JCPenney. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash Dell EMC. And we're back here speaking on behalf of all light-skinned black women. <laughs> and you know you're going to get hate for even saying that. You know you're going to get hate for saying that. No. Whatever you say, that's what I'm running with because I only need one opinion and that's it. Whoever said it, whenever you say something that I can use so I can do racist shit, that's, that's what you said. And that's Candace said it was okay. You wrote for David Spade, man. One of my favorites. Yeah, he's great. I hate that all this has made the show, uh, yeah. you know, whatever. But how, what was that like? What was that like? It was, it was, I say, I'll say it again. I said it before. It was amazing. Like that whole team of people over there, it was such a well-functioning machine of just, and not only that, but just a family. Like we immediately, everyone over there from like the showrunners down to the craft services and the PAs the grips, like everyone just got along. And it was, it was a synergy on that set that I, I felt like, oh, this is, this show is going to be great. Like, and it's going to be around for a while. And so it is unfortunate that, yeah, we were a victim of, we were just a casualty of a pandemic, yeah. which is crazy. And um, I don't know what Viacom's stance was because obviously they kept some shows and then they let us go so I don't know what the reasoning was behind that and now Comedy Central is also picking up new shows at this time so they fired thought, everybody they fired mad vice presidents they, I'm they, like, whoa they cleared everybody yeah there's only like three people that was left over there after they did that purge and so I don't know what they're doing but the last time I spoke to showrunners we had like a zoom call with everybody on it like literally everybody from the cat from the crew not the cast obviously too many people but the crew the writers the uh, researchers everybody 
was on that call and they were very like reassuring, letting us know that they, there are networks that had expressed interest in picking us up when all this crap is done. And so we're still like writing for Spade. Like he puts stuff up on his uh, own personal YouTube and on his Instagram where he does monologue jokes. So we like yeah. uh, shoot him some jokes every once in a while. And so uh, it's like, they're trying to just keep the momentum going of uh, you know, the family. And so hopefully when all this is said and done, fingers crossed, we'll be able to come back. Yeah, that, that's really the hope, I think, across the board for so many people, not just in the entertainment of like, all right, just hold on. Don't lose your mind completely because you want to be ready when um, opportunities or things open back up. And one thing I want to ask you about definitely is right now this this emails that I'm getting on the low of like, hey, so-and-so is looking for black writers, you know, or like it's a lot of like out of nowhere packets being due. Mm -hmm. um, and for those unfamiliar, one of the hardest jobs to get, especially your first job writing, um, to get entered into that space, because somebody has to almost down there vouch for you. Absolutely. Right? And say like, all right, this person has never had experience, but trust me, I'm a route. That's how I got my first job. And I just want to know, do you think these opportunities are just kicking the tires? Just something to say like, oh, we're doing the right thing? Or do you feel like people are actually getting valid opportunities? People of color, black people getting that real opportunities. I think I think both of those things can exist at the same time. I I feel like it's both of those things because um, I think they're legitimate opportunities. But I do think that yeah, it's like probably out of white guilt that you're. <laughs> and you know what? I'm here for it. I'll take a job out of white guilt. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. I white guilt to some people and give me a job the other day, and yeah. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> Every, like yeah, when people be like, "Oh man, we asked for this," I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, but let's take. Let's not not take stuff." Because yeah. we want something bigger. Like, this is a real point. Right. No, we need really to take, take these opportunities that are given to us, even if they're given to us begrudgingly. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I will take this job and yeah. I will parlay it into a position of power. So right. that way, then I will be the one hiring and I will be the one dictating who gets to work here, here, and here. And believe it or not, like, that's one of my goals. I want to have my own production company where I hire mostly. Uh, women of color, but I'm not going to discriminate and say men can't, but that is going to be the, the main uh, base of it is going to be women of color. But I also, I just want to make sure that we understand that it's these, we got to get behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. we gotta, that's where, because those are the people making the decisions. And yeah, and people got to understand a few things. Number one, every black creative doesn't want to be in front of the camera either. Like, no. it's just this assumption of like, oh, you want to be like, no, we're not all these demonstrative on stage performance. Some people's, I've seen people have just this gift that I didn't even know that they had, they didn't know they had because their whole thing was like, I gotta be, I'm supposed to be on stage. Right. Also, people gotta understand who, who are listening, there is a hierarchy. So you gotta get the foot in the door, move up to showrunner, to producer, to all these things. It's not like every writer in the room is not equal. Now yeah. I'm thankful, I'm thankful my first writing gig for TV was Yvette Lee Bowser who created Living Single and... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. All that's of that. one of my favorite shows of all time. But I know that's not the norm. There were no straight white men in our writer's room. And I was the only man. And it was about eight of us. Yeah, look at your face. Like, you're wow. shocked at the very thought of it, right? Wow. I had to... I was like, wait, what? No, and this is, this is stars. This ain't like... This ain't Bounce TV. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
This ain't CISO black. This ain't CISO black. This is, <laughs> this is a real, it's a real station. So, but that's not the norm. And I don't want to get like, I, I just had to remind myself like, hey, don't get too used to this. Because, and you worked like, besides Lights Out, where, where is that? That's not your only TV. Well, that was my first like series, like regular. Oh. I've written for like pilots before that didn't go anywhere. And like, I've done writing for uh, some, some like, uh, like joke punch up for like true TV and stuff like that. And like roast stuff behind right. the scenes stuff, but like never, uh, yeah, never like on a daily, this is my daily job on a television show that was long-term. Mm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, there was, there was a couple instances. I feel like with guests who've been on the show, well, Delia wasn't on the show, was he? Did he, was he ever get on Lights Out? On Lights Out? Oh, absolutely. He'd been on a, at least twice, if not three times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, shit. How, do you, how did you navigate that? <laughs> and I don't want you to get in trouble neither. No, I'm not. I, there's, I don't know anything enough to get in trouble for anything. Okay. But I, all I know is that people have, you know, asked me, like, what did you know about Delia? And I'm like, I didn't know anything about it. All I knew right. was that. <laughs> He was, I had heard for years that he was creepy in women's DMs. That is all I knew, which I was just like, oh, so he's just a male celebrity with power, right? Like, that's just what I thought. And I had no idea there was any underage, uh, illegal fuck shit happening. Anyway, uh, my interactions with him have always been just like, hey, what's up? That's it. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, ain't gonna see you. And like, keep it moving. Like, <laughs> and he raises his eyebrow and that's Oh, yeah, there is. <laughs> <laughs> like he raises eyebrow past his scalp and then that's it hmm <laughs> she spoke mm. <laughs> the worst the other one goes down and that makes the other one higher. even higher him and uh dwayne johnson are the only two people to master that <laughs> but uh yeah so like it's 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 very weird and i look it's he's one of those people that i just never felt comfortable around. And I'm not saying that that means he was doing anything with underage girls. I mean, I'll, that stuff is going to come out when it comes out. Uh, yeah. And, but I will say that the, what, what makes me mad in that this situation is that no one, let's say, let's say these chicks were all over, over the age of 18. Let's just say that. Let's say that the underage thing isn't even a part of the conversation. The way the screenshots that we've seen from the interactions because I think over 400 came forward with screenshots in the first night. Yes. That is what allegedly that is what the chick who was fielding them on Twitter. There's a chick. Oh yeah. Hates dogs. I think is what I think yeah, is yeah. what it's called. Um, and she said like over 400 came in like the first night. And so let's say, let's say the underage thing is not even a, a factor. This behavior of you can see he just treats women like objects just through the conversations. You can see right. that. And so that's, yeah, so that speaks to a larger, uh, not a larger problem, but a problem also of just, you don't respect women at all. Like we're not people to you. We're just things that you can manipulate and, and fuck. And so he's just objectifying women. And so the, that I think to me, like when we're talking about the behavior of men in comedy is that, is that like that's that behavior because he was they were all legal 
or over 18. That, that behavior is okay. That's just a man being a man. Like, no, that's not okay. That's not okay. We're still people. And if we're, if we're not con even considered a person, how are you going to respect me in comedy? How are you going to even think to put me, bring me on the road? How are you going to think to put me on a lineup? Right. So, and again, that's just the woman side of it. I didn't even mention the black side of it. So yeah. add yeah. that on top of it. One, one thing uh, from conversations, because I try to be um, introspective about shit and I don't always do the right thing. And I, I didn't know that until I had the conversations when we talk about like, Yo, and stand up, if somebody was like, Clark, and COVID aside, Clark, I need you to come do this gig in St. Petersburg. It's $2,500, but you got to put yourself up. You'll, you got to get yourself there, all this other shit. I'm like, hell yeah, before they even finish describing. As soon as they say how much I'm getting paid, cool. Yeah. Women comics don't have that same luxury. And I don't want to speak for you, so let me know when I'm saying the wrong, if I'm being yeah, yeah, yeah. There are so many other factors to consider. Lodging is a big thing. Where's she gonna rest her head? Um, even considering who's doing the offer, right? Because people, there's a, there's a, there's a, if, I, if I'm given the opportunity, my part of the deal is to be funny on stage. When a woman is given an opportunity, her part of the deal is not just being funny. Sometimes it ain't even being funny. I was gonna say that a lot of the times with us, that's not even a factor, it's who's, who's down to fuck. That's what, that's what, how she and how, who wants to, who wants to give me a blowjob. Right. There's no gig when we talk about like, cause you need stage time to get better. Yep. So it's like, and I brought this up because of, I've heard a lot of conversations about like guys getting mad at, oh, she got, she got this opportunity. She got that opportunity and she not even, she don't even do, I'm like, there's a lot of environments. Women just don't feel comfortable performing in. And that's not a weakness. That's just like, Use something that we don't have to deal with. There's right. no stage time I, I have to turn down. Right. Yeah, no. Even I can say racist. I'll perform in Rhode Island. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that place. <laughs> Yo, the, the comedy connection in Providence is... Racist? They let us perform, so I can't shit on them. But uh, if I didn't have to perform there ever again, I wouldn't be mad. You wouldn't be mad. <laughs> I'm not going to seek it out next time. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my list. So that's just like, I don't know, like what don't men understand about what it's like to be, you know, a black woman in comedy? What don't we uh, get? I mean, unfortunately, Clark and I started to just realize this, that it's not just specific to race. It's not just specific to gender stuff or uh, sexuality stuff. It's that if you just are not, if you don't experience it, people don't think it exists. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as COVID. People not thinking COVID is real because they don't know someone who had it or, or it doesn't affect them. These right. people that are outside just ignoring the masks thing and just carrying on life as if everything is the same. It's like, because it hasn't personally affected them. And unfortunately, that is what it takes. It usually takes something, uh, something really like an experience that is like sometimes has to be traumatic for someone to realize like, oh shit, that now yeah. I get it. Now it's, I get it. It's so sad. I hate the, well, do you know anybody personally? It's like, what? Yes, I do. And then they still don't check. You don't want to change your behavior. Because I just told you. I just told you I have a pre-existing condition. And in DMs, people get it. But then they go back on the yeah. timeline and write dumb yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's selfish. And it's just, 
<laughs> it is their experience or it's no experience. And so I, I don't know what to do with that. And I don't know if anything's ever going to change aside from you just need to listen to people and stop gaslighting people. It's, it's just, I mean, and that's hard to say also because it's like, it's like saying believe everybody, but it's like, you can't believe everybody when you, when even the hashtag believe all women bothers me because it's like, Women be crazy and lying sometimes. Just because, just, like, just women are human. People yeah. make mistakes. People lie. People are bad. And so you can't say a blanket statement. Believe all women because some women be lying. And so yeah. it, they were in this gray area where it's like it's either this or that. But it's like no, it's gray. We just have to take it on a base, like case by case basis, and use our best judgment to react to certain situations. Have you had to deal with a close personal or somewhat personal friend being accused publicly and you kind of were like, damn, I don't know what to say about this. Um, luckily, no. And I would attribute that to just me not liking most people and keeping <laughs> okay. <myself>. You're alone. <laughs> okay. I see you doing a podcast by yourself. Ain't nobody at your house. You alone. I get it. I get it. I see what you're doing. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> I seriously, I've said I got and I get this from my dad. He doesn't like most people. I don't like most people. But on top of that, it's I know comedians are, are just a lot of the time just terrible people. Like there are there are exceptions, of course. Like there are, of yeah. course, there are like I'm an exception. I'm sure you're an exception. Yeah, the two but, people on this podcast for sure. And that's it. And that's it. Everyone else is trash. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but I keep uh, oh. I I'm all about, you heard me say what I said about Delia earlier, energy. Like, I never got good energy from that dude. So it's like, and I, it took me a while to get there, but, you know, I'm like, I'm like vegan now, and I just, <laughs> I'm all because about Because of COVID nature. or already? Did you start before? No, no, no. I started, I was, I got sick in 2008. Well, I had not been like, I thought I was healthy, like, my whole entire life thinking that, oh, getting sinus infections four or five times a year. Like, that's normal. Like, no, it's not. Like, I grew up thinking, like, oh, this is just what people, they get sick, and we take medic, we take antibiotics, and we get better. Like, no, we're not supposed to do, we're not supposed to regularly get infections like that. And so in 2018, I think I got sick, like, five times that year. And I was like, this cannot be normal. And so yeah. I did research, and I... I don't want to say his name on a podcast because I'm not trying to get murked, but there's a doctor. I know what you, I know, I, I was, you know who I was thinking? Rockter Bebby. <laughs> Me and my girl, Trevina, call him Charles. Charles. So, so Charles, you know Charles cured AIDS. Charles? Whenever we have our devices near us and laptops open, we're like, Charles. That is, that is so funny that Charles would do that. that and, <laughs> Charles Charles had a big fan in Hipsy Muscle. Yes, he did. And also uh, Left Eye. Beft Eye. Beft Eye, my bad. Sorry. I can't you stupid. Do you not see what we're doing? <laughs> this is when you give uh, comedians no rules. This is what happened. We just start thinking the most ridiculous names for very respected people. Well, we'll, we'll know if... Uh, Pick Dannon dies because he said he was supposed to finish the documentary. Yeah. Oh, you know, but that sounds like a BT. Uh, un I mean, behind the scenes, a documentary sounds like. Right, this is Tupac as an actor. A Tupacumentary. <laughs> <laughs> Tupacumentary is 
Yeah, that's like uh, like on Amazon Video Prime, they got all these black films that I never knew existed, and Tupacumentary is probably that, yeah. we need to shoot that. Like yo, yo, I think <laughs> Amazon giving out deals. They're not just kicking the tires. Uh, we're gonna take another quick break here on Classic Black Dude. We here. Candace Thompson, co-writer of the Tupacumentary, coming to CISO Black. <laughs> CISO Black, let's get it. We'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Need an escape? Drop into Pluto TV for a world of free TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows all for free. Yeah, free. No subscriptions, no fees. Binge on 24-7 channels of Narcos, CSI, Star Trek, and everything from hit movies to the latest news, comedy, live sports, and more. Download the free Pluto TV app for Android, iPhone, Roku, or Fire TV and start watching now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free. Support for this podcast comes from Walgreens. Let's start with everyone out there who loves a good story. Now, narrow it down to all those passionate podcast listeners who are dedicated to living their best life. That's you, right? Well, Walgreens created a new, easier way to shop, save, and stay well just for you. It's called My Walgreens. And when you join, you'll discover personalized deals, instantly earn unlimited rewards, and receive real-time local health alerts. Join for free at MyWalgreens.com. Exclusions apply. All right. Home stretch with Cincinnati's own, the pride of Queens. L.A. You live in East L.A.? No, I live mid-city. I live mid-city. just below, like, uh, Wilshire, La Brea-ish area. Candace, I love L.A. Me too. People act like that's wrong. I'm like, y'all don't get it. Well, man, they lost, man. I, so I many lost you. people out here. It's not even... And I... I you know uh, my girl, Joyelle. You know Joyelle Johnson, right? Of course. Yeah. She's my day one. That's who I started stand-up with. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you know, she, she, so she started out here and then went back there. I was like, what are you doing? Yo, can I put a, can I put, she don't mind if I talk about this. We moved to New York in 2013. We had been there a couple months. We met JL and some crazy shit happened with her roommate. Oh no, I know exactly what you're talking about. She got a whole joke about it. Uh-huh. She, moved, she moved in with us. We knew oh. her for two months. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we're the ones, me, Will Miles, and Kenny DeForest, that's, that's all to say, do a testament to who Joyelle is, that we would be like, yeah, come just live with us three dudes. Please, please stay here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You, you know, that's, that's the good parts of comedy. Right. You no, know, that's the, and I'm thinking about, like, even with COVID and quarantine, has any good come out of it for you? Um... I mean, I would say that, you know, I was already talking about like how I switched to veganism and I just been more, I've been getting definitely more spiritual throughout this whole entire thing. I was already a spiritual person, but I'm even now that I'm by myself so much more than I was before that I'm trying to like, what do I do at this time? And I'm exploring different things. Um, So yeah, I'm meditating a lot more than I could before, before all this happened. But it is, it's, I've, I've actually like gotten closer with some of my friends because of this, because we're, because we can't physically see each other so much. We're like zooming more because of the loneliness and whatever. So it's like, I'm getting to know my good friends even more. And it's like they're family now. And it's, 
there there's that but then also with that the good parts clark i also have found it i've taken a dark turn <laughs> during quarantine is that i've been wait what did you say here come the balance here come the other side it's duality man it exists in everything so with the dark there's light with the good there's bad and so in quarantine <laughs> with the good i've also found myself going down numerous rabbit holes mm. to the point where like i've lost sleep over some of the stuff that i've read and i'm just like what have you done candace what have you yo done? <laughs> i've been seeking out youtube conspiracy theories do you want to go there right now? Because I'll tell I, you. Of course I do. Okay. Of course. Okay. What's been what's been what's hit you the hardest? What what have what what has been the one that's been like, oh, this shit is real? Yo, I honestly I don't want to say the one that's hit me the hardest on camera. I will tell okay. you that after the camera stops, or not the camera, but after you start recording, because I don't even want to say that. I don't even want to say what it is because it's okay. it's bad. The other ones are, um, so I don't know if you know Sam Tripoli. He's yeah. a, yeah, yeah, okay. So he's yeah. his podcast, The Tinfoil Hat. Yeah. I was sent there by one of my followers on Instagram, I think because he listened to something I had said on my podcast and was like, yo, if you want to get more into secret societies and stuff like that, go yeah. to Sam Tripoli's. There's a, I didn't know, but there, did you know that there's a black secret society? I know that they exist. I know that there's, Society, black societies with secrets. I don't know of any black secret societies. Okay, well, there apparently is one specific one that this guy mentions. He had, he, Sam had uh, a guest, Larry Gaithers, Gators, I think it's his name, Gators, G-A-I-T-E-R-S, I think is how you spell it. Okay. And uh, no, this guy knows all the facts. Like he, but the conspiracy, so he'll tell, he'll, he mentions a bunch of black celebrities that are allegedly part of this uh, society called the Boule. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So there's a there's a Kobe Bryant boule conspiracy as to his death. That's one of the episodes. So I highly recommend that one. Here, here's the thing I have with secret societies on a personal level and yes. like Illuminati shit. Yes. <laughs> I lost my mom in December, and I oh. lost my stepmother in May, and I have blonde hair, so it looks like I'm auditioning for Illuminati. <laughs> You're like trying out and don't. I'm like <laughs> I'm trying to do. I'm like trying to pull down all the, the evidence, and then I'm gonna post. I'm gonna post all that. And then I'm gonna post my bank account. I'm like, see, it don't mean you rich. I told you I'm not. Because <laughs> black people, folks, the Illuminati still collecting unemployment. You see, they, right? They, I'm in line, y'all. Still and still, still trying to get my doing selfies, at uh, unemployment lines. But like. <laughs> Because black folks will, like, you can't tell, once they believe you are a part of a secret organization, oh, that's there's it. nothing that will make them not yeah. believe that. Not believe it, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm telling you, if there's some compelling stuff in there. I'm not, I'm not saying I believe necessarily that Kobe did die on purpose because of the boule, but it's, it's an entertaining watch, I will say that. But I do for sure believe in secret societies. Uh, and you know what's funny is that there's a comic that uh, I'm cool with named Ed Greer. Um, hey, I don't, yeah, okay. He, <laughs> I remember having a conversation with him about secret societies just in general like a while back because I had gone down a rabbit hole years ago about the Illuminati and how like they say like Beyonce and Jay-Z and Lady Gaga. Blah, blah. Yeah. And uh, I went to Ed and I was talking to him about this and he was like, Candace, he was like, yeah, I believe 100% 
secret societies exist. He said, what I don't believe is that they letting these niggas in. I don't. Yeah. No, 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 no. They, they're not, they're definitely not letting and they them in those. Yeah. And that's what the boule is for. And so, yeah, so, and that, let that according to this guy, this boule expert is, that's why it was started. The boule was started because they were not letting uh, black people in that in the elite white, whatever, suprem white supremacy groups. So mm -hmm. they started the boule, but the boule are the protectors of the white groups, meaning they're like the coons. Like they pretend to be activists, but they spy and tell, like they, they basically tell the, the white elite who the black people, black celebrities are that are acting up and, and stepping out of line and not knowing their place. The, hence the all skin folk and kin folk. And they take advantage of the, I'm voting for everybody black. Thing. Yep, Terry Crews. Terry Crews. <laughs> you know what? And here's the other thing. I don't even think, I don't even think when they're that, visual and that public about it, that mm -hmm. they're really the ones. It's like the ones who do it a little bit more covert. Like if Jay-Z was a part of something like that, I would be totally in belief because he moves yeah. in a way just enough. He does just enough the way it could be like, yeah. like Terry Crews too flagrant. Right. I don't think he's, yeah, no, I agree. I wouldn't say he's part of it. And I don't think the guy said for sure he wasn't a part of it. But like, I think they, you know, they hide in plain sight a lot of the time. So it's like, if you think about it, these people, the white elites, uh, uh, one of the main family members of them is the, <laughs> the white elites, Malcolm X hands, the white elites, the white, the elites. white elites, you know it before I even say the white elites. You got the main family. My hair is growing as we speak. My <laughs> one of the main families is the Rockefellers. They are known, right? Yes. So what is Jay-Z's album label? So it's like again the hiding in plain sight shit. It's like uh, it's uh, the symbols, I think the symbolism is real in a lot of this stuff. And mm -hmm. I know again, I don't believe necessarily everything, but a lot a lot of it's like that's a strong coincidence if that's what it is. They say this ain't the real Chappelle. I've heard that. Well, who is saying that? Someone just told me the other day that they think he's a clone. What does that mean? What is this conspiracy theory? That he's just, you know, the other one did whatever with, but this one is one that they can control and use to spy on things. This is the controllable Chappelle. So wait, we think the original one they killed, maybe? I don't want to, I don't want to. You well, know, no, what, if that's the conspiracy, it's not what you're agreeing to. Oh, the conspiracy is he just gone. Maybe he's still in Africa. Oh. Maybe he, he, he gone. Because if you're not around, then you are dead. Whether you're murdered or not, that's a different story. But if you're not around, you're dead. You're replaced. I mean, he is a lot buffer than he used to be. Just a whole... And he smokes cigarettes uh, at, a, at a ridiculous pace. It never is like, oh, man. Like no smoked that he either. did do that before. He did chain smoke. I and he seen killed that. him. Huh? And it killed him. <laughs> <laughs> and he dead because of the Candace. <laughs> this one, this one is thriving. Mark Twain Award. I mean, can he? Does he? Does it? Does he perform for less than forty million? Yeah, no, <laughs> no. that's insane. Yeah, no, he's. I, 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 the only issue I have with Chappelle is uh, 
the I honest I don't feel his support for black women ever. And so that is that's a real thing. <laughs> and even Joyelle, we who we mentioned earlier, she has gotten this screaming matches with him over his non-support of black women. And so it's a real thing. And uh, he like, I, she told me one time they were, and they're like cool, like super cool. Yeah, hey, like, yeah he's, they, he's the reason he did our show that, that went crazy, that story. Right, so like me talking about this is not like airing any stuff that she wouldn't, she would say this. And so uh, he, like there was a conversation they had had one time and they were in, it may have been at the cellar. It may have, I don't remember exactly where they were, but it was like her, him, and like four of his like friends, guy friends. And they were arguing about like, about this, about their non, not, not having respect for black women and not valuing us. And then he was like, yes, we do. What are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. And then like, she pointed out, she was like, you not with a black woman. And all those four guys that were with him were not with black women. Okay, this is an interesting topic. Does who you date determine whether you support black women or not? But, but, no. No, not, no, not necessarily. I think what it does is it speaks to, it was just interesting. And I'm not saying she was saying that that proves that they don't support black women, but it's funny that he's arguing that all of them supported black women, but none of them were with black women. So I think that was just more of like a interesting but what's presently happening in front of my face right now is not supporting what you're saying. So That's I, true. I don't think on a, on a larger scale that that dictates you don't support. However, I think that black women have it so hard. Like we have such a hard time uh, just in life mm-hmm. that a lot of the time when we... It, it does, that person who is with a, if it's a black man and it's a white woman that they're with, it's like, it does play out that you, and I'm not saying this is for everybody, because there are obviously, there are black men who are with white women who care about black women, but from what I've seen, it there is a disconnect between, you know, supporting black women when that dude specifically dates white women. Specifically. Okay. Like goes out of his way to date white women, and that's all he dates. Yes. Yes, I would. I would agree that if you put a emphasis on like, it's, or especially if you have something negative to say about a whole group of women, no matter who they are, unless yeah. you're about white women, I'm just saying. But if you say uh, these large sweeping statements about black women, then I have a problem with that. Of Jordan Peel is a prime example. I love how he dates who he wants. He's married to Chelsea Peretti. Yeah. But it, he, he has gotten a pass because of what he's done in his art to show right. that I'm not, I'm not blind to what's happening. Right. And I, and I feel like that's, that's, that's what I need to see to, to validate that you are still riding for us even though you're with this person. And unfortunately, those two usually don't line up. What I normally see play out is a reflection of that relationship also in your craft, in your art, and how you don't support black women, um, unfortunately. But also, I will say in Jordan, in, for Jordan, is that his mom was white. So it's like, that's a whole nother thing. It's like, oh, whatever, okay, right. if you're like half white and your mom, especially your mom is white, Yeah, I get it. That's like, not that, common, that common reply. Your, your mama was like, yeah, Barack's mama white. You're like, you're like, what? <laughs> what? 
And this is where I got to throw it back, though. And tell me if I'm wrong on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, not in the, 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 the high 20 million a picture, 40 million a picture stratosphere, but in that 1 million, 500,000, 2 million range, a lot of the black burgeoning black women comedians I see are with white men. Yeah. If you um, think about it. Yeah, no, I know. But I think that is because we, we, I feel like that came out of necessity, out of just like, I'm not getting love from my black brothers. Okay. And I mean, that's, that's a, that is a common sentiment through, through the black women community. And I know that for a fact, like, I, I've had conversations with my girls about maybe it's time we just need to date white men. Like that is what mm. we've, we've had these conversations numerous times and I still haven't gotten to that point because <laughs> I've tried, like I, I, I tried uh, a few years ago, I did try to date a white guy for the first time, like in my adult life, like actually date a white guy and it didn't work out. I think he's gay. <laughs> he needed the best friend. friend. Right. No, he, dude, honestly, I think he was just a fanboy. I think he loved my lifestyle. I think he loved coming to the comedy store, mm. whatever, but didn't want to like kiss me. Like what? And so, exactly. Yeah, no, didn't want to, our first makeout session, he like stopped and was like, I have work to do. That's fucked up. And I'm like, that's not normal. And so it ended very shortly after that. But I've had these conversations with my, and like, again, it's not just me. And it, I know, again, I know that I'm not speaking about every black man when I say this, but there is a, um, there's a, 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 a feeling that we, we get that black men do not support us a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. It, and again, I don't know, it's not, not to take, you know, for you to take it personally, if you're doing what you're doing to uplift black women, that's great. But overall, I, I will say that I, I even had this conversation with another black male friend the other day about uh, how I'll see on Twitter, like the hatred of just like making fun of a woman, a black woman's looks. And I don't see that from black men towards white women. Like I never see that. Like I see it when they're making fun of like Tiana Taylor. And I'm just like, where, just the other day, well, who was that? Was it athlete made fun of Jill Scott? The athlete made fun of Jill Scott. Also 50 Cent said he likes exotic women, not angry black women. What are we talking and about? Bill Wayne's drugged out ass just laughed at it. Right. Like, what are we talking about? And, the, and this is the problem is that these men all have these platforms. Like, these men are the ones who are the celebrities that we're idolizing, that are now our children are looking up to, to follow in their footsteps and how they treat women and how they perceive women, especially black women. And so, and the, I mean, you just listen to the lyrics. We're not respected. That's not... This is, this is evidence, but we're not respected. Listen to how we're the only culture that refers to women as bitches and hoes, like, on a regular basis. Yeah. His whole thing, he was, Jill Scott's not physically attractive. He was like, well, I'm talking about her energy. I'm like, you don't like Jill Scott's energy? <laughs> you fucking nuts. Did you, you not watch crazy. the verses? They were, just, they were the two who were like, we're not going to battle each other. We're going to compliment each other. How could you not like that energy, Terry Crews? Well, it's all just, you know backtracking and trying to cover up their words so they don't get right. attacked more than what they were getting attacked. But yeah, she is, her spirit from what I don't know her personally, but just from her yeah. music alone is healing music. It's uplifting healing music. See, but that's what I'm saying. That any excuse to attack a black woman, she wasn't even minding her own business. And so now I'm getting, a, getting dragged on Twitter for no reason. Minding her own damn business, thriving, living, trying to survive. 
Yeah. And that that even going back to your point about with Joel, Joel's not even Mrs. like radical everything. I'm always calling out. She's calling out white people for dumb shit they do, sure. Yeah. But yeah. she don't come at black men like that. So if no. she coming at you, you should at least if anybody says something, you should at least be willing to listen. Listen. Be yeah. Just li- just listen. Because that's all it is. Like we were saying earlier, it's like your experience is your experience. Just because it didn't happen to you doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So just listen to what I'm saying. And if I'm telling you that I'm hurting because of something that your race or your gender or your uh, your sexual preference community, whatever, uh, I don't mean preference or whatever, uh, just sexual orientation community listen because that's not what you're doing so you're not privy to the information and the experience so just listen everyone's human for the love of god them niggas ain't human man they they reptiles and they killing Chappelle. They kill Chappelle. that's where i that's where they start to lose me i'm like reptiles why they gotta become yeah. reptiles what is that about i don't even you're know how there. the lizard people that's where that's, I tap out. I'm like, that's, that's a word. We found out what what taps you out. We found out a lot. I'm so glad we got to have this conversation today. Before we go, we got to do a quick, quick Proust kind of. Uh, I forget the name of the test where I say something. You just give me a quick, not even quick, just whatever you want to say about that thing. Mm-hmm. I'll just say the word. It'll be like two or three. You cool with that? Yeah. I will start strong. If Wait, I, I just say, I just say one word. Go ahead. Oh no, I say one word, and you and give me. I just give a response. It can be whatever it may be. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're vegan, so I know your thoughts gonna come through pure, and you got the hands. All right. First one, okay. Kanye West. Oh, sad. It just makes me sad because I used to love him, and now I see what's happening. So uh, he's mentally ill. We need to pay attention to that. Uh, I still root for him, though. I still root for Kanye to come back to us. He's the, give me, give me the uh, George Bush does not like black people Kanye back. I, I hope that's still inside of him. So I, I want to bring it back. We need to take care of him. He's still, he's still a black man, and we need to take care of him. Kobe Bryant. Oh, man. <laughs> Boule. <laughs> okay. All right. Toxic black masculinity. Uh, who I'm attracted to on Tinder? <laughs> um, Karen's. Oh man. Uh, uh, hack. Like I'm so I'm so over the Karen shit. Like not like I'm not over the Karens existing, but I'm over the people, the jokes about the Karens. I'm over it. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, the comedy store. It's my home. It's my miss my home. Um, one more. Give me something on optimism in during a pandemic. Yo, um, meditation. That's literally the thing that's been keeping me positive and grounded and sane is that because it it you you'll connect with your inner god and you'll know you don't have to worry about stuff. Don't worry about stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 
you so welcome. Taking time to do the show and laughing and insight and rolling with the punches. Where can they find you everywhere? Everywhere, social media, jokes by Candace. Um, and then Candace Thompson Comedy.com. That's my website, but I'm not performing, so don't go there, I guess. Uh, my, my podcast. Oh, upcoming shows page on every comedian website is just goes down. Yeah. It's blank. Never been so blank. Um, but my podcast, you can support my podcast. Uh, can't, uh, that's The Struggle with Candace Thompson. I'm just starting to post them on my own personal YouTube page. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's it. I'll have you on. I'm going to have you on if you want to come do it. I would love to stay right in my house and do it. And do it. What else are we doing? I'll be sitting here. Um, Beautiful, man. Thank you so much. Make sure you listen to The Struggle with Candace Thompson. Um, Follow her at Jokes by Candace. The C-A-N-D-I-C-E. Yeah. And uh, thank you all for listening. Keep keep, um, keep commenting and keep sharing and keep showing love to the podcast is on Apple Podcasts is on Spotify it's everywhere Classic Black Dude with your host Clark Jones aka Posture thank y'all for listening bye